And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to Greenlight Reviews. My name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. Today we're going to discuss, and I use that word properly, I think. Is that opposed to trash or dismiss? Something like that. Yeah, you're being polite. Okay. Yes. The (laughs) movie is called Please Give. All right. Which is, to begin with, the worst title I've ever heard for a movie. Isn't it awful? I thought it was something like a logo for the Red Cross or something. Exactly. But it's not. It is written and directed by Nicole Holofsaner, and it stars Catherine Keener, Rebecca Hall, Amanda Peet and Oliver Platt with a very good performance by Anne Gilbert, who is very close to 90 herself and plays a 92-year-old woman. Boy, that cast just smacks of art house, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, of course it does. (laughs) It focuses on a married couple. They are slightly tense with each other. Mm -hmm. That is Catherine Keener and Oliver Platt. They make a living reselling the furniture of recently deceased people. Mm -hmm. And I might add, it's awful, crummy furniture. It's terrible looking furniture. Usually from the 50s. Yes. They live in an apartment in Manhattan. They own their apartment and the apartment next door, which is lived in by two sisters, one beautiful and mean, the other shy and withdrawn, and their really nasty 90-year-old grandmother. Now, one of the problems with this movie, Anne, Mm -hmm. and there are many, and I know you have some of your own. I have some of my gripes about the movie. I also have problems, but that's another show. (laughs) Right. Go ahead. All right. For me, the big trouble with this movie is there is no movie here. Listen, I've written 25 novels. I've written eight screenplays. I've directed. I've acted. Mm. I know that when you go to see a fictional presentation like this, you expect something to happen in the movie, and nothing happens here. Well, it's a slice of life kind of movie, and unfortunately, the slice isn't very nutritious. For me, this is the kind of movie that panders to the art house clientele, and it's kind of a in-house club kind of group of people that love movies like this. I feel that those members accept indie movies as manna from heaven, frankly, less. And I know that this one and others like it are a step up from the embarrassments that you and I often have to see over at the Cineplex. Right. But their elitist credentials don't guarantee that they're above reproach. My gripe about this picture is that the movie emphasizes the trivial problems of an upper middle class family and makes the characters impossible to care about. You want to scream at them, get a life, find an issue that's really important important in life. And don't go around griping and moaning and groaning because you're on a guilt trip. And of course, Catherine Keener's guilt trip in this particular movie, she's got several, but the main one is that she buys that furniture you mentioned. She jacks up the price, sells it for three or four times what it's worth, and then feels bad about it. As a result of that, she runs around handing out $20 bills to everybody on the street to assuage her feeling that she's gouging the public. Oh, come on. Well, ridiculous. She is walking around with her daughter, Abby, played by Sarah Steele, one of the only actors in this film that I liked, by the way. I agree with you. And Abby says, why don't you give me the $20? Why are you giving $20 to an old man that you don't even know? Give it to me if you're so anxious to get rid of it. And she's right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think here you've got Catherine Keener doing another role that we have come to associate with her. And I think you know what I'm going for here, Les. Oh, yeah. This is the character that's so 
burdened down by life's inequities. She gets praised, Catherine Keener does, by the critics for being honest in her performances, being very raw with her emotions, and I have to say she's very non-show busy, and there's something about that that's appealing. Yes. But her unkempt, lank approach, her woe-begone demeanor are just as predictable and just as transparent as some of the more tabloid-like actresses who have a tenth of Catherine Keener's talents. I think you're absolutely right. Amanda Peet is also in the film. She plays the beautiful but mean sister Mary. Amanda Peet is quite a beautiful woman. In the film, her character Mary works in a spa where she takes care of people's faces, and she's very careful with their faces, but she spends most of her spare time in a tanning salon. So in this film, she looks like one of those actresses from the 1950s who used to be made up to look like Indians. Well, she looks kind of like the female version of George Hamilton. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I think we have to say here, the plot really concerns Kate and her husband, Alex. He's played by Oliver Platt, waiting for Andra, the 90-year-old neighbor next door, to die so that they can then take that apartment and gut it and then add to their own smallish one. And that's really another guilt trip that Catherine Keener is on. But again, you know, you don't have to have those guilt trips. (laughs) They're so self-inflicted that after a while, you say, well, just stop it then if you don't like the way your life is going. Stop charging people triple amount of money that the furniture is worth down in your store. Stop indulging your daughter. Don't give $20 bills to everybody on the street. And don't gut the apartment next door and get on with your life. But instead, the whole movie is about that. So I found it very unpleasant. I found it unpleasant, too. Rebecca Hall, who is one of my favorite actresses, by the way. Uh Uh-huh. She's very good. Wonderful English actress. Yes. She really elevates almost every movie she's in. And she really does do a pretty good job in this, although it's a thankless role. It's a very thankless role. I said earlier that this sister is shy and withdrawn, and you just want to shake her and say, hey, wake up comb your hair, put on a little makeup, you're going to look fantastic, and start living. But she doesn't do that. So she whines, everybody else whines. It's gloomy and morose, isn't it? Yes. Right from the very opening, which shows probably 20 different women Mm -hmm. having mammograms up close. I thought it was very, very distasteful. I didn't care for that particular opening either. Oliver Platt, who we really love, he's a wonderful character actor. He's of no use in this movie. He plays a lazy, rather inconsequential husband to Kate. He sits around in the furniture shop that she really runs. He's sort of there working the books and it's kind of an accessory to the shop actually. He's pretty much under her thumb. In order to show his independence, he breaks out and tries to have a really meaningful affair with the Amanda Peet character. You know, they have a brief tryst and then they go about their lives without so much as a thought about what they have done to their lives or how they might have hurt the significant loved ones in their life. It's just another kind of self-indulgent moment in a very self-indulgent film. Well, it is self-indulgent, and now we have to blame Nicole Halfsainer, the director, for this. She has done other films that I didn't care for, Friends with Money, Springs didn't care for it. and Catherine Keener was in that, too. Nicole Halfsainer shoots this film the way a studio director, a contract studio director, would have shot a film back in 1950. 
1952. She just sets up the camera, points it at somebody, they talk, then she gets up and moves the camera uh-huh. over here and takes another shot. The direction was boring, the writing was ridiculous, and as I say, at the end of the film, nothing happens. Right. Nothing happens. Right. The only thing that happens is that the daughter, Abby, played by Sarah Steele, uh-huh. who has been whining throughout the entire film because nobody would buy her a pair of jeans that cost $230, finally they do, and that makes her very happy. Well, that's true. But before we dismiss the entire movie and move on, I think we have to mention Anne Morgan Gilbert. We loved her on the old Dick Van Dyke show. She played the neighbor to Mary Tyler Moore and Dick Van Dyke, of course. Here she's the 90-year-old grandmother whom everybody is waiting to die. She does a pretty good job in a very thankless role as an old lady. And I have to say, I'm really tired of the elderly being depicted as either salty and spry, drunk and ditzy, or mean and militia. (laughs) You know, Andra, played by Anne Morgan Gilbert, is a little of all six of those characteristics. (laughs) That's right. And actually, I liked her better than anybody in the movie, because at least she was forthright and she tried to break through the sham of this movie as best she could. She did, by the way, Mm -hmm. and it shows. It shows that she is on a different level than any of these other people. You know, this is just one of those movies that I'm afraid will appeal to liberal naturalists who wouldn't be caught dead in Bergdorf's or Saks Fifth Avenue. You know, the kind who support anything with green in the title. (laughs) And they fantasize about going off on a desert island with Al Gore. I mean, that's the kind of person that will like this movie. It's a Birkenstock crowd. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. They have their movies. They have their shoes. They have their retreats. It's just not a movie that I think is a very good one. Wait a minute. I'm still working on getting lost on a desert island with Al Gore. I'm thinking about that. (laughs) Okay. Well, to sum up, please give Fails to Deliver a solid storyline. Characters who enlighten or ennoble. They talk about things that are about as important as a hangnail. There are inane movies out there. Most of those are at the Cineplex, and then there are trivial movies, and those usually play at an art house like this one. The name of it's Please Give, and I give that one a red light, and I don't think it's a trivial red light, and by the way, I don't feel guilty about it either. (laughs) Well, I'm giving it a red light also, Anne, and I feel no guilt at all. I wanted to like this film. I saw the people who were in this film, and I thought, gee, they might be very, very good together. It didn't happen. I don't particularly blame the actors. It's a phony art movie. It is a phony art movie. Nobody is going to care about it, and for that reason, neither Anne nor I liked it very much. So, two red lights for Please Give. Oh my, I hope the next film we see is going to be about something more than this. Until we see the next movie, and hope we like it a lot better, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into you guys having a great time and having something to talk about at the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.